Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, we're going to take a look at more players that you guys think are being overlooked. I put out a tweet a few days ago. I already did one video on this, but there were so many players to talk about, I thought I would do another. So if you've got any opinions on the players once you've heard about them, obviously make sure to leave me a comment below. And we do have just a week now to go until the game week one deadline. FPL is very soon going to start. And if you haven't already checked out Fantasy Football Hub, I would highly recommend that you do. There's up to 50% off at the moment, and if you sign up to use their tools and don't win your mini league, you can get your money back. Terms and conditions apply. All the links you need are in the description below. So we'll start off with Nicholas Jackson, listed as a £7 million forward for Chelsea, and I think the performances during pre-season have got more and more people thinking about him. And obviously, because Chelsea haven't made any other signings yet, it does look very likely that he's going to start as their number nine. Now, this video is going to go out on Friday. I'm recording it on Thursday, and last night, I think Chelsea... Chelsea played Dortmund in a friendly and Nkunku went off injured. Now we don't know how bad that injury is. We don't even know if he's going to miss game week one or not yet. But obviously if he does miss game week one and the start of the season, then Jackson's minutes would surely go up. And there's also the penalty situation to consider as well. Because we don't know who is first choice penalty taker for Chelsea. Lots of us are assuming it's Nkunku. But if he's not on the pitch, then you've got the likes of Reese James, Sterling, or possibly even Jackson himself. So those things all look pretty good. He's only 7 million as well so compared to other forwards that's a pretty good price because for most of them you need to go to seven and a half or even eight million to get a decent one anyone below has slight risk and we're going to talk about one of them later on as well if i'm looking at downsides for jackson if nkunku's missing out I don't think that's a good thing for Chelsea. A lot of people are already worried about how they'll perform given how poor they were last year. I'm ready to back them because I think Pochettino's a great manager. They've got really good fixtures. But if you take Nkunku out of that team, I don't think that's a good thing. So that would make me a little bit more worried. And if he is fit and available, I think for 0.5 million more, he's the better option anyway. And just because Chelsea haven't signed the number nine yet doesn't mean they will and remember that the transfer window is open past game week one and there's lots of talk about Lukaku going to Juventus and as part of that deal Vlahovic coming to Chelsea all of a sudden you've got another number nine there I don't think right now 
Broya is much of a worry, but at some point he's going to be fit and available. And suddenly you've got three number nines that can play in one position, whereas Nkunku, who could also play there, is likely to play either way. He'll either play up front or he'll play in like a kind of number 10 position or maybe in one of the wide roles as well. That's why I think he's worth the 0.5 million more. So for game week one, Jackson's probably going to be fine. Probably for game week two as well. You might even get Luton at home. But after that, I would start to worry a little bit. Is Vlahovic going to come to Chelsea and just not get any minutes? It seems quite unlikely. The other thing to say, and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, because I do think for 7 million, he's a pretty good option. You look at those numbers from last season, 0.45 expected goals per 90. That's obviously from La Liga. He did overperform a little bit on goals. His actual goals per 90 were 0.68. We've also got to remember, this guy's only really had one proper season for Villarreal. He didn't really play a huge amount before that. So coming into a new league, new team, how would he adjust to that? He's done well during pre-season. That doesn't always translate into Premier League games. So if forwards keep dropping as they have been, like Jesus got injured and Kunku's possibly going to be out as well, then for 7 million as an early punt, I quite like it. But I'm not sure if he's going to be a great long-term option. I think that still remains to be seen. So next up is Kieran Trippier. And I find him really interesting because if you go and look at drafts on YouTube and on Twitter, you'll barely see him in any squads whatsoever. And he's not really being talked about either. Yet he's owned by 35.1% of all FPL managers. Now, early on in pre-season, you do get a lot of auto-pick squads. But right now, we're a week out from the Game Week 1 deadline. There's over 3.5 million people signed up. I think he's just generally going to be quite a highly owned pick that most of us are just ignoring now for what it's worth I do think he's worth overlooking for game week one mostly because of those fixtures between game weeks two and four where they've got Man City away Liverpool at home and Brighton away I just don't see Newcastle getting a clean sheet in any of those games and I know he's nailed on and I know his attacking threat is good and they haven't yet signed a backup for him there was talk about Liveramento for example but I still don't think those fixtures are good enough to probably start with him in our game week one squads unless you're someone that's going to go without the likes of Salah and Trent and really wants to spread that money around because in game week one he's a really good pick I know Aston Villa is a decent attacking team but the Newcastle defense was great last year so I wouldn't mind playing him that week but for the, the next three just doesn't look great the one thing I would say people are also overlooking how they're going to get him in because from game week five onwards he's going to be one of the best defensive options and if you've got money to go around you should be thinking about who's going to get sacrificed and one thing that i thought was interesting is fantasy football hub have a points uh, prediction for all their players and you can change it over certain game weeks and stuff like that and obviously if you want to try it out for yourself there's up to 50 percent off so check that link in the description but if i go to defenders only and i go for the first eight game weeks Trippier actually comes out as the third best option from now until game week eight. The only two players ahead of him are Trent, which is understandable. He's usually the best FPL defender. And John Stones because of the fixtures Man City have got. But if you're looking for nailed on and great attacking threat, then it is probably Trippier. Now, I don't think this means you should necessarily start with him. But it does kind of re-emphasize that we should be looking at how we can get him in for game week five. Because the fixtures for Newcastle at that point are really good. So I think Trippier is being overlooked. 
generally within the kind of Twitter and YouTube community, not overall ownership. I think it's for the right reasons. I think game weeks two to four are pretty poor. But the bigger thing is people are overlooking how to get him in for game week five. And I think that is a bit of an issue. It's something that I've started thinking about. For example, if you've got a five and a half million defender and someone like Martinelli in your midfield, then Martinelli to a 6.5 and then upgrade that defender for Trippier could work. So that's something to maybe save transfers for. I guess the only thing to kind of say about Trippier and you Newcastle in general they do have Champions League to contend with this year and I do have some question marks over whether they can keep up those defensive performances again I don't think they're going to suddenly drop and be awful but are they going to be the second best in terms of expected goals conceded this year I think that's debatable and I think Europe might take a little bit out of them as well they are trying to obviously get more squad depth and in certain positions they've got a lot of that now but I think there is question marks over whether they'll be quite as good so is Trippier going to go and get nearly 200 points again possibly not I still think he's a great option and consider how you're going to get him in for game. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Week five. So Jao Pedro is someone I haven't seen spoken about a huge amount during preseason, but I do think that's going to change in the run-up to game week one for a few reasons. One is the injury to Gabriel Jesus. Now, I know not everybody owned him, but he was quite popular. I had him in my draft, and one of the reasons I liked him is because I felt the combination of him and a 6.5 million midfielder was better than having Martinelli and a 6.5 million forward. But obviously, with Jesus not available for a few weeks, he's now no longer an option. And in Unless Nketiah is next in line for that number nine position, which we may well see in the Community Shield on Sunday, then if I want to stick to that second Arsenal attacker, I've got to go to midfield instead and buy a Martinelli or an Odegaard, which means I might need a cheap forward. And for 6.5 million, I'm not that interested in the options. Maybe a Calvert-Lewin if he's fit or a Wissa for 6 million. But if not, next up is probably João Pedro. There's also Morris at Luton, but he blanks in game week two. And one of the nice things about Brighton is obviously they've got Luton for that opening game of the season which could be heavy in terms of goals the other reason that I might now start looking a bit more at João Pedro is because Undav has been loaned out from Brighton so that's one less player that plays in a similar position that João Pedro would play in there is still a lot of players 
at Brighton, right? So for their number nine spot, you've got uh, Ferguson and Welbeck. Possibly João Pedro could play there. He might play as a shadow striker slash number 10, in which case he probably would be first choice, you would assume. But Lalana can play there. They've also got Inciso as well. So minutes are still a bit of a worry. But I do think for the first kind of three to maybe five game weeks, he should start more often than not. After that, it gets a bit trickier because Europe then becomes an issue and we might see even more rotation. But before that, I would hope that his minutes would be pretty good. Although I would suspect at some point he could still get benched or he would get subbed off early. But of course, he's only 5.5 million. So you've kind of got to lower your expectations about what his points output might be. And one thing I've looked at as well is if you go for him and like a Martinez or an Odegaard to stick with that double Arsenal attack or even triple up for some of you, um, it allows you to put more money on the bench. You could go for a couple of bigger defenders to give you that fullback plan in case Jao Pedro is no longer an option so I think in general he's someone to look at he doesn't suddenly become essential because of those reasons I've talked about but he is worth looking at his ownership is very low right now 5.3 percent and obviously he's only 5.5 million his numbers from last year obviously this is from the championship 0.26 expected goals per 90 0.13 expected assists nothing to get massively excited about but you would assume he's someone that could improve in that Brighton side because they're so good, especially in attack. So 5.5 million has been overlooked up until this point. I think that changes slightly till, uh, until we get to game week one. But I still don't think he's going to be massively owned because I think people want more solid choices that are definitely going to start for kind of 80 to 90 minutes most weeks. So with that injury to Gabriel Jesus, which I will talk about a little bit more over the next few days in terms of what it does to drafts and stuff like that, people have begun looking at other forwards in and around the same price. And obviously Newcastle have two. They've got Callum Wilson at 8 million and Isaac at 7.5. Now previously I've said I would probably avoid both due to the fixtures. But to be fair, they're not quite as bad for a forward as they are for a defender. So okay, Man City away in game week two is not ideal for any team at any position. But Liverpool at home, Brighton away in game weeks three and four I don't think attackers would be too worried about those fixtures and we know that Newcastle are a pretty decent attacking team my bigger worry is Wilson and Isaac's role in the team and their minutes because Newcastle generally play with a front three and for that left wing position they've now got Harvey Barnes who's obviously signed Premier League proven player Gordon Joe Linton just to name a few that can play there and I know what people are going to say last season we saw Isaac play on the left and Wilson through the middle but that was mostly due to injuries Joe Linton was kind of first choice left wing they didn't have Harvey Barnes obviously he was at Leicester and Gordon didn't play that well last year for Newcastle and because uh, Longstaff was injured, Joe Linton moved to midfield. That left a spot for Isaac, left wing. I don't think that's a position he's going to play very often unless Eddie Howe is kind of forced into it. So that means with Almiron or someone like that on the right, there's only one spot for Wilson or Isaac. Now, personally, I still think Isaac is ahead of Wilson in the pecking order. But even if he does become the regular starter, he's going to be subbed off early in plenty of games so that Wilson can get game time as well. They're not just going to leave him on the bench never to get minutes. And I know during Champions League, there might be a bit more rotation and stuff like that. But I just think the minutes concerns that I have, coupled with the fixtures, means I would just ignore them and probably go elsewhere. I did have a look at the points projections on Hub for the first eight game weeks. And interestingly, Wilson is at the top, but that obviously relies on him getting pretty regular minutes, similar to Darwin Nunez and I just don't think that's going to happen and there is as I've said before a list of players that as soon as they're first choice because of injuries or something like that they're excellent and if Isaac was to get injured 
and Wilson was then first choice going to start the majority of games. He's brilliant. And even with those fixtures, I would possibly consider him, but I just don't think you can. And then you look down the list and you see Ollie Watkins, first eight game weeks in third place. Well, guess what you've got with him? Guaranteed minutes, guaranteed game time. And presumably, he's still probably going to be on penalties as well. And Villa, like I've said before, are on the up, and that may continue going into this season. So I just don't think you can justify going for Isaac and Wilson. And even if you... And one of the cool things you can do on this tool is change the game week ranges really easily. Even if you went a bit more short-term short and looked at first, uh, first four matches, that obviously makes Newcastle worse because then you've got that Man City, Liverpool and Brighton games. And it probably brings players like Nicholas Jackson into play instead because Chelsea's fixtures, especially game week two onwards, are pretty decent. So... They are being overlooked. Ezat's currently owned by 12.5% of overall managers. I think it's right. I just won't go there, I don't think, unless there's an injury or unless we see one of them just get permanently benched, which I just don't think is going to happen at all. All right, let's talk about Richarlison. Now, to be fair, people are right to overlook him at the moment because as it stands, Kane is still at Spurs. So you'd imagine the front three would be Son, Kane and Kulisevsky. And just like last season, Richarlison probably wouldn't get a huge amount of minutes. But we've all seen the reports linking Kane to Bayern Munich. And if that happens, before game week one it then unlocks Richarlison as a genuine FPL option obviously if Kane is still there by the time we get to that game week one deadline I would just ignore Richarlison but a few people wanted me to talk about him so that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to assume that Kane is gone now if you sell a player like Harry Kane you obviously get a lot of money you can reinvest that into the club but it's almost impossible to directly replace him. And I don't think they're going to go out and try and sign an elite striker. More likely to go for a young player or possibly just add to squad depth overall. And they've got two ready-made players in Son and Richardson that can play number nine. And if they need cover on the left, they've got Solomon as well. So if Kane leaves, I think Richardson gets a chance in that number nine role. And obviously, Postacoglu might change that if it's not working. But for the first kind of four to five fixtures, he should be pretty good. And we know that Spurs have got that run, especially game weeks three to five, of Bournemouth away, Burnley away, and Sheffield United at home that looks pretty good. His underlying numbers last year were decent as well. 0.36 expected goals per 90, 0.16 expected assists. It is definitely worth saying that that is a small sample. He played less than a 1,000 minutes in the league last year. But generally, we know what he's capable of, of uh, as a player. And they have been in worse teams. You would expect Postacoglu's Spurs to attack much better than they have done over the last season or two. And that can only be a positive for him. And I think with Richarlison people's opinion of him has been tainted from last season it became a bit of a joke that he couldn't score then he would score and it would get chalked off or offside or whatever it was and he only scored once but before that bearing in mind this is for Everton and Watford you know the year before he had 16 attacking returns 10 of them were goals year before that 13 attacking returns in 2018-19 and 2019-20 he got 13 goals in both seasons and got five assists in one and three assists in the other. So that's kind of 16 to 18 returns. And again, this is for an Everton side. You'd imagine Spurs would be a lot better. And if he's then playing regularly as the number nine, that looks pretty good. So I think generally, if Kane's gone, he's playing number nine. Seven million is decent. But then you've got to compare him to those 6.5s. And I know if you've been watching and listening to me a lot, you know I think they're very good value. But they just are. So for 0.5 million less... In some cases with Eze, Matoma, uh, even Sonny March, if he's fit and available in Bomo, you get penalties, you get maybe slightly better fixtures, and of course you get 0.5 million to invest somewhere else. So if I've got Mbomo, who's probably my favourite right now, and then Matoma or Eze, or I have to spend an extra 0.5 to get Richarlison, would I be willing to do that with Brentford away, Man United at home in game weeks one and two? Possibly not. 
So obviously he's being overlooked right now for the correct reasons. But if Kane goes, it would suddenly get tempting to take a punt that one, he gets regular minutes through the middle and two, Postacoglu improves them pretty quickly. Obviously, he's the same price as a Nicholas Jackson. So if you were on a 3-5-2, you could go for Jackson instead of Richarlison in a 3-4-3. So there are definitely other options. But I do think he'll be overlooked less if that deal for Kane goes through. But it's a big deal and those things take time. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And like I said, highly recommend checking out Fantasy Football Hub. Loads of great tools. I've only shown you one today, which is the points projection. But there's fixture analyzers, opt stats, obviously the My Team tool as well. So click that link at the top of the description and get signed up. Before the season starts, 50% off at the moment. And if you sign up and don't win your mini league, you can get your money back. Terms and conditions apply all in the description below. I'll catch you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.